to the uh, uh, the gaggle hotline. Brother Andre Marie is, is on the, the uh, uh, gaggle hotline here for our uh, regular Wisdom Wednesday uh, get together here. Um, brother, have you ever heard of Dogtown? No, Mike, I haven't. Did it, did it surprise you when you heard that there was a gaggle of witches that was outside of Salem? <clears throat> well, um, uh, I mean, Salem, of course, is famous for witches. Yes. But uh, no, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, it, w- the story you told me, I didn't hear. So, but it's like this is a New England thing. So it didn't surprise me. <laughs> uh, uh, you may be familiar with, you may not, but uh, with the pop folk singer Harry Chapin or Harry Chapin. Yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah. Well, he wrote the song Captain the Cats in the Cradle in the Silver Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that's right. Yeah. Well, on that album, he had a song is nine minutes long called Dogtown. <laughs> it's all about the it's all about the witches and the witchery. In any event, I'm going to do a full episode of Frightening Tales on it. Dogtown and Babs and Boulders. Yes, that's where we we didn't find we could not find that field of boulders. Uh, in any event. <clears throat> Don't take a field trip from the school to Babs and Boulders, brother. Let me just. <laughs> oh, okay, thanks for the if, thanks for the heads up. We'll, we'll scratch that off the list. Okay, if you were planning on it, don't don't take the kids. If you do, make sure you bring a priest and a lot of holy water with you. Which, by the way, I actually did have a bottle of holy water in my pocket, and I have, of course, my my sacramentals on my my Saint Benedict planner uh, medal uh, crucifix has been blessed by uh, Father Jambon and uh, the old St. Benedict kind of minor exorcism, right? So um, uh, that might have been why we weren't completely and fully assailed by the witches of Babs and Boulders. In any event, uh, brother, today is the feast day of St. Luke the Physician, which I forgot to include in our note. And um, I don't think you and I have had a conversation about St. Luke here on Wisdom Wednesday, but I noticed that on, uh, now, this is on another calendar, but at Catholicism.org, I don't, I didn't see St. Luke today. Yeah, he's, well, he's on the site. He's on every page of the site today under Saints of the Day. Yeah. Okay, well, maybe I maybe I didn't have the refresh version. It's, it's probably an operator error because I got in late last night. Um, uh, but uh, when when we read uh, Saint Luke's Gospel, it it, it is a, it, it stands out on its own. Um, uh, he begins basically by saying that he actually conducted interviews and talked to the people that are some of the people uh, we we assume our Lady being one of them that were involved and uh, were witnesses of. Uh, the incarnate wisdom. So his gospel mm-hmm. is kind of unique in that. He's also, as Fiorella was telling me today, I didn't know this. He's the patron saint of physicians. Yeah, he's he's. Uh, th- there's a book by Taylor Caldwell called "The Dear and Glorious Physician," and it's a sort of fictionalized life of Saint Luke. Um, yeah, he was a physician. He absolutely was a physician. He's from. He was uh, Syrian. He's from Antioch. And of all of the events, so there are four evangelists, two of whom are apostles, right? St. Matthew and St. John, the first and the last. Um, the middle two were not apostles. So St. Mark uh, was a young uh, man who was, um, you know, his parents uh, owned, I think we said this before on air, his parents uh, owned, were the ones who owned the upper room, the house that had the upper room yes, in it. Yes, we did cover that. Um, and that's, that's St. Mark. He was a young man. Now, he joined the uh, apostles later, um, but he was not himself an apostle. But in, And he was the one who accompanied 
uh, St. Peter. So they call him Interpres Petri, the interpreter of Peter. And his gospel is really sort of the gospel of, of St. Peter, really, because he based much of, much of what he wrote on St. Peter's preaching at Rome. Now, Paul, St. Paul, uh, was the one who had St. Luke as his uh, sidekick, so to speak. And St. Luke is called the um, uh, Comes Pauli, the, the, the companion of Paul. And he, he, of course, wrote not only the gospel, but he wrote the Acts of the Apostles. Right. And there's a, there's a neat thing in Acts of the Apostles. I forget the exact chapter. It's one of the later chapters where the, where the, he's telling the story of St. Paul. And, um, and he goes from saying, they did this, and they did this, and they did that, and so forth, to, and then we did this, and we did that, and this happened to us. Because at a certain point, St. Luke is actually in, in one, one, of the, one of the characters in the, in the history that he's writing. Um, but everything that came before, he's telling because he, he got it from, again, he got it from witnesses. So he got it from St. Paul. He would have possibly gotten it from um, some of the other apostles uh, or the, the other companions, the apostles, the disciples. And he relates this in his history. But yeah, he, you're right. I mean, he says that he, he, he diligently um, um, spoke to people who were witnesses of these things because, of course, he wasn't a witness. He was... Um, he was a, a pagan from Antioch, and um, you know, if you look at the if you look at the four evangelists, they all have kind of they all have a, a background and kind of a, an audience. So Saint Matthew was a Jew, writing primarily for Jews. So he takes for granted that whoever's reading his gospel knows some of these Jewish things. Saint Mark was a Jew writing primarily for Gentiles. So there are times, for instance, when Aramaic words pop up, and he always translates them into, into the, the language that he's writing in, which is Greek. Uh, although there are people who hold the theory that St. Mark's Gospel was originally written in Latin, but there, there's been no... I don't think there's ever been a discovery of the Latin, original Latin autograph. So, um, so there, there's that. And then um, St. Luke was a Gentile writing primarily for Gentiles. So he gives some explanations of things that go on in the temple and so forth. And then St. John was a Jew who's writing for, you know, for everyone, really. It's, it's, it's the most universal, I suppose, of the Gospels. But St. Luke, um, whose feast day, of course, is today, the 18th of, of October, um, is his, he gives us things that aren't in the other Gospels, uh, and it's it's kind of interesting to see what it is he gives us that the others don't. He gives us more detail about the infancy narratives. Um, so he gives us the first um, couple of joyful mysteries. We get the Annunciation. Um, we get uh, the Visitation related by St. Luke. Um, another thing, St. Luke relates a couple of the parables that our Lord told that were most... Um, I, the word could be, I guess, tender. Um, uh, the, 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 I, forget, I forget the exact wording that, that, that shows up in the Divine Comedy, but, but Dante calls St. Luke the evangelist of the tenderness of our Lord, something, <clears throat> something to that effect. Because he, the parable of the, um, uh, the prodigal son is there, and 
the parable, I think, of the lost sheep, the, the one that the shepherd leaves um, the 99 to go uh, find the one. I mean, it's just not a full big parable, but the, these, these things that our Lord mentions, which show his tenderness, um, and it's, there's something touching about these things. St. Luke is more attentive to that. St. Luke also, again, he was a physician, so he tells this story in the Acts of the Apostles. And if, you, if you're paying attention, uh, you know, the, 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 you, if you're not paying much attention, it, the, you, you, you really notice the, the big takeaway is St. Paul's preaching in this room, it's late at night, and this guy falls asleep and falls out the window because he's like sitting in the window frame, and of course they didn't have screens or anything. And he, um, he, he falls backwards out the window and he dies, and St. Paul um, raises the man to life. This is related in the Acts of the Apostles. But what St. Luke points out is that there were many gas lamps, or he just says lamps, in the room. Now, uh, being a physician, in other words, a man of science, um, he mentions that before he talks about the guy, you know, falling asleep and falling out the window. And um, people have noticed, well, well, you know, of course, he, he would have understood the causality, that all the oxygen in the room would have been sucked out by the, um, by the uh, burning lamps, right? So right. We, we, get, we get a little bit of um, St. Luke's sort of scientific knowledge there. Interesting. So today's feast day, uh, October the 18th of St. Luke, and uh, we're talking with Brother Andre Marie, host of Reconquest here on the Crusade Channel, live talk radio, the way it should be. And you got a full dose of that last Friday and Saturday, live from the St. Benedict Center. Um, uh, what a, uh, uh, Congratulations, by the way, brother, on a really spectacular con- um, uh, conference this year. Not that the other ones weren't spectacular, but... Uh, there, there was a synergy that was running through the, uh, an intellectual synergy, if you will, running through the speakers and, uh, their delivery of talks on the theme, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 one of, one of my favorite things is coming up with a theme and just trying to, trying to picture how people might address it. And, um, this year we, uh, I guess we had a winner of a theme because everybody spoke to it in a way that was extremely, um, Ooh, what's the word? It was. It was. It, 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 it was very complimentary. I mean, the things were dovetailing beautifully, and and one speaker could sort of bank off of something another speaker had already said, and that was good. As I, uh, I told the uh, audience, I had no idea that Sir Charles and I were <laughs> that I basically continued Charles's talk, uh, uh, kind of picking up where he left off uh, with uh, "Do you believe in miracles?" and then beginning with the the, the clip that I played for the 1980 Olympics, which, by the way, I listened to again and I played from my daughter because she goes because uh, I didn't t- tell Brother Joseph in advance that I had video and audio in uh, the file that I gave to sister. So Reagan wanted to hear uh, Al Michaels' actual call from the Olympics. Uh, so I played it for him. She said, wow, that's pretty cool. I said, yeah, it was. Your grandma and I watched that on live television. I remember staying up and watching that game and watching the end of it. Uh, very thrilling. Now, I, yes. I saw it on live television, too. And I can remember my my everybody in my family was cheering. My dad was, like, screaming. It was, it was uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that was that was a... I mean, we were living this sort of, it was the, the you know, tail end of the Cold War, and so that was like the big, during the Reagan years and everything, it was a big, uh, it was a very big deal. 
No, it was a huge deal. Um, and uh, of course, the, the the watching the clip again. And if you and if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the miracle. They call it the miracle on ice, which is why I chose it. If you don't know what I'm talking about, the, the, the Soviet Union hockey players, I mean, go back, maybe Maggie can find the, uh, uh, the clip. It's, it's, it, it's, it's on the uh, clip on mychurch.com uh, or on my Substack, you can find it. Um, they were in their Soviet red, like red commies, right? They were in their Soviet red commie uniforms with the white CCCP on the jerseys. And Jim Craig and Mike uh, Ruzione. I didn't know this till I got to the Logan International Airport uh, yesterday, brother. They have this big display of heroes, uh, New England sports heroes. And uh, apparently, Mike Ruzione went on to play for the Boston Bruins. And and he was one of the ones that scored a goal in uh, the Miracle on Ice game. But no one can ever forget how, uh, and, and I forget who he's the product of, Jim Craig, the goalie. This is before they invented the face mask for goalies, right? Remember, they used to have the like the the white pressed hard foam face mask, like Jason wears in horror movies. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, who can ever forget Jim Craig standing there and defending the? I can't remember how many shots he blocked in like the second period and, and the start of the third period from the southern uh, from. From uh, uh, from the Soviets, but um, it was a very very uh, emotional time, if you will. And uh, that game, you know, <laughs> that game would kind of it was in uh, what February of 1980. So Ronald Reagan would be elected president ten months later, um, and Reagan uh, would would uh, would mention the Miracle on Ice in some of his stump speeches uh, that this is what you know the United States is capable of doing. We can rally and. We don't have to be uh, putting on extra sweaters, as Jimmy Carter said that we uh, that we should. When uh, I said when I said uh, the Reagan years, I, I, I second guessed myself afterwards, and I said I think that was right before. I said to myself, I think that was right before Reagan was elected. But no, Reagan yeah, it was, and I think that's what made it that much more uh, uh, almost said pungent. Uh, that much <laughs> it made it that much more epic than it was during Carter's reign, <laughs> as we were being told. Oh, you're you're not getting any more gasoline, or put an extra sweater on, is what I suggest. <laughs> and of course, Reagan <laughs> comes along and says, "No, no, we have plenty of oil. We're going to get it as soon as you get rid of that guy." Uh, Mike Church show here on the Crusade Channel, Live Talk Radio, the way it should be. I'd kind of like to segue to this, brother, and I, uh, um, I, 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 I listen very intently to your response during the roundtable Saturday evening um, uh, to a question from an attendee about, uh, you know, who's the good guys, who's the bad guys in the conflict between the Israelis and the Palestinians or Hamas in Israel. Uh, As a matter of fact, I'll just let you in on a little secret. I borrowed really heavily from you in my opening monologue here today where I said, well, the United States position should be neutrality. We're not going to pick a side. We're going to go back to Washington and Jefferson and Adams and Monroe and Quincy Adams and all the way up until um, Wilson's or or, um, who is it that gets us in the Spanish-American War? Is that McKinley? Is it McKinley or is it? It's not Cleveland. I think it is McKinley. Um, the the position of the United States uh, per, per uh, upon ratifying the Constitution, as was beautifully expressed in Washington's farewell, was neutrality. 
Stay out of the affairs of, of, of the West, West of the world. You can't control them anyway, and all you're going to do is surrender blood and treasure. So, but here we are being told now. Can I? Did you hear the Netanyahu soundbite that I played earlier? No, I didn't. I was. It, we we still have a couple of guests here, and and uh, okay. I was uh, entertaining this morning <laughs> after mass. Which yeah, it's 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 uh, we, 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 in a couple of days things will return to normal here. <laughs> can I play it for you real quick? Sure. Maggie, uh, cue up uh, Netanyahu. I want brother to hear this, and those of you that may not have heard it earlier. Hamas uh, are the new Nazis. Hamas is ISIS, in some instances worse than ISIS. And just as the world united to defeat the Nazis, just as the world united to defeat ISIS, the world has to stand united behind Israel to defeat Hamas. This is a part of an axis of evil, of Iran and Hezbollah and Hamas. Their goal, open goal, is to eradicate the state of Israel. The open goal of Hamas is to kill as many Jews as they could, and the only difference is they would have killed every last one of us, murdered every last one of us, if they could. They just don't have the capacity, but they murdered an extraordinary 1,300 civilians, which in American terms, is like many, many, many 9-11s. Uh, okay, all right, so all right. We, don't, we, don't, we don't need the rest of it. First of all, it's not many 9 it's not even one 9-11. Second of all, axes of evil, we shouldn't fall for that one again. Third of all, uh, they're the new Nazis, um, uh, and then we must eradicate um, uh, uh, Hezbollah, as he said, Hezbollah, Iran, and he kind of casually throws a country with 80 million souls in it, and that must be eradicated. Now, I'm not going to put Brother Andre in a position of even discussing that. I just wanted to kind of set the field here for the fact that you people, most people don't know. And Brother's ex- answer to this question was very, uh, was you, you know a lot about this, was very detailed. People don't know what they need. I think that they need to know. And our media does, and our educators do them a terrible disservice. And I say, there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of history here that you don't know about. This is not cowboys and Indians. This is not Darth Vader versus Luke Skywalker, black versus white, or white versus black. This is not something that's just clean, cut, and dried. There, there are elements to this that most people do not know about. Um, uh, there, there is the Zionist element here. There is the the, uh, the 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 element of the terrorist here. There is the element that yes, the Palestinians might have a claim. Now, it doesn't give them permission to start committing uh, uh, genocide or try or, or or the murder of other people here. But you need to have all of the facts, or at least some more of the facts, before you start putting Israeli flags or Palestinian flags or start chanting for Palestine on your social media. And I thought Brother gave a really, really measured and balanced response to the question. So I just thought I would ask you if you could reiterate, as you can recall it, what you told the person that asked the question. Did I lose, Brother? Oh, I'm sorry. Operator error. Operator error. No, you're good. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, the, um, well, I don't know that I can remember every single thing that I said, but I wanted to make it clear that I don't see that there's a, you know, 
necessarily th these guys have the white hats and those guys have the black hats. I, actually, I think there are a lot of black hats to go around. Um, and you don't have to be pro-Hamas to understand that the Palestinians who live in Gaza and who live in Palestine, occupied Palestine, uh, have natural rights. And uh, whether they're Muslims or Christians, it, it doesn't matter. They, they, they have natural rights. I mean, it, does, it doesn't matter in the big picture. But on this precise question of their, their, the way they're treated by the Israelis, they have natural rights. And, and those rights have been deprived consistently and systematically for many years. And because of the atrocities that the Zionist state committed in its, it, from its inception and from before its inception. I mean, you want to know something? Re, you want to know who introduced these people to terrorism? Uh, read about the King David Hotel bombing. Look up the Stern Gang. Um, and you'll find that in 1946, um, there was this bombing that was done by uh, a bunch of quote-unquote right-wing um, uh, Jews who were, um, you know, trying to force their, their, the, force the Israel into existence, but they bombed the the, the King David Hotel, and it was the uh, it, it was the administrative headquarters, the British uh, mandatory Palestine headquarters, so where, where the where the offices of, of were of the British who were um, over Palestine at that time, because remember. The Sykes-Picot Treaty, you know, the, um, the, the, the Holy Land was divided up between Britain, Russia, and Tsarist, Britain, Tsarist Russia, and France. And after um, the, the Communist Revolution takes place in, in Russia, they're out of the picture, so now it's just Great Britain and France. And France had Lebanon and some other places. But um, but but the Brits ended up having what's now the state of Israel. They called it they called it Palestine, and um, during and and it was it was two diplomats, a, a Brit and a Frenchman, Sykes and Picot, who gave us the Sykes Picot uh, agreement that led to the modern state of Israel. But they were they were committing the Zionists were committing acts of terrorism in the Holy Land before the creation of the state of Israel. So they were the ones who kind of started the whole terrorist thing. And we tend not to think of these things and to identify, you know, because we're only calling Muslims terrorists. Right. And you right. can't have uh, Israelis who are terrorists. It's just, it's, it's not part of our lexicon, but it's, but it's a fact. It really happened, right? Um, anyway, um, I, so just getting back to what I was saying at the conference these people have natural rights, just like the Jews do. They have natural rights. You, and and, and if, if what Hezbollah did was really go after uh, targeting civilians, that this is absolutely deplorable. And it needs to be denounced because you don't, you don't go um, hunting down innocent civilians, capturing them, taking them hostage, torturing them, raping. Supposedly they were raping women. Um, I don't know how much, you know, how many you know, babies' heads they cut off. I don't know. How, how how real that is? I haven't that, that seen that story. Any of the has news pretty coverage. much been debunked. Okay, and and, and that's so. I mean, one thing you can be certain of is that they weren't telling. They haven't been telling us the truth. The comparison to nine eleven that Netanyahu made. He 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 probably should not have made that because there are people who are going around saying this is Israel's nine eleven because just like our nine eleven, it was staged. 
And the, um, uh, I find it very hard to believe that the Iron Dome just suddenly didn't work and that those um, passages, that, co- that, that goes, those tunnels that go from Gaza into uh, Israel, somehow that, you know, you, you played the footage of that IDF um, security expert who said that a cat can't walk in those tunnels without the IDF knowing about it? That's right. Um, and 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 you know what what what's with their security on the on the um, coast that the GI Joe boats can go there and and in the air that the, you know, if you By see the, way, the Iron Dome working, it looks like fireworks. It does quickly, you know? brother. The, the, the TV show on Showtime just wanted, because you mentioned the, the the catacombs, the tunnels in the TV show Homeland in the, in the last season of Homeland. Mandy Patankin, who plays remember his character's name? I can't remember his uh, Saul Saul uh, whatever his name is. He's in Israel, but his contact for the super spy world is a Hamas guy who's in Palestine. And he has to bribe an Israeli IDF guy to get through the tunnel to go underneath the minefield to get to his contact in Palestine. So uh, Hollywood even knows that these tunnels exist and that the IDF guards them physically. They're not, there are censors, then they're true, but they physically guard. No Israeli can go from Israel into, into Gaza using those tunnels either. I just wanted to drop that in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, uh, I, I, I understand. I, the, 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 I mean, that's just confirmation. So, it's just, it seems to me that there was somebody made the call to deliberately let the guard down so this could happen. And you think, well, only a moral monster could possibly do that to his own people, so as to get them to go to war. Well, guess what? Benjamin Netanyahu is a moral monster. And the, and the, the Luchudniks, his party, the, the, the Luchud party, uh, they're the most, um, you know, sort of saber-rattling of all of the parties in Israel, I understand. And, um, and, and these are the ones, this is a so-called right-wing government. And it's interesting how lefties all over the world support them. Yes. Um, and their, their, their idea of democracy is definitely not... Uh, the commonly understood idea of democracy in the Western world. There's an awful lot of good PR that Israel's got, so um, they've they've brainwashed an awful lot of people. But um, you you know some of the most um, vociferous uh, advocates for the rights of the Palestinians are are Jews, and and it's really not a right or left wing thing. I mean, and 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 even religiously, you think, oh, the the ones who are going to be defending the rights of the Palestinians must be secular Jews. They're not. You'll see these ultra-Orthodox guys defending the rights of the Palestinians. Um, so there's a there's a we're brainwashed in this country. So you know the 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 Schofield Bible was just like wave one of the brainwashing. Right. That's right. But. L- Later, brainwash. You know, the, the 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 a lot of our Cold War dynamics of you know Russia being the evil empire and the United States of America being the you know shining city seated on a hill, all that stuff. We we, we the, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict was sort of piggybacked a, a, along that, so that you know, and and this is a very simplistic sort of American modern American world view where we have to pick sides in some foreign conflict. And we have to figure out who's the good guy and who's the bad guy. And, um, you know, in the, in the old way of determining who the good guys and bad guys are, the guy who disturbs the peace is the bad guy. Well, I mean, since Israel came and occupied Palestine, there, have, there has never been peace. 
and there really never will be. Um, and, you know, the, the King David Accords was an effort of the United States to try to broker peace and so forth. And, you know, Anwar Sadat got bumped off because of that. <laughs> so, right. uh, you, 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 uh, you know, you, you have hotheads on both sides. I, I, uh, some, I saw an interesting comment about, I don't know if you heard what, um, did you hear, hear what the Latin patriarch offered to do? Cardinal I did Pizza hear that he, that he basically, uh, offered to make himself a mercenarian and that he exchange himself for children to be, uh, you know, as a hostage exchange. Yeah. To, specifically Israeli children that Hamas had taken, he, he offered to trade places with them so that the children could be released. And, uh, you know, this is the same Cardinal Pizzabala who, uh, was, and, and, and it's very interesting, Mike, that usually is not a Cardinal. The um, Latin Patriarch of Jerusalem is usually not a cardinal, and Pope Francis made him a cardinal. I think it was in the last consistory that he was made a cardinal, and uh, he called for yesterday to be a day of prayer and fasting for peace in the Holy Land, and that's an unusual thing. And the U.S. bishops echoed his call for for, for prayer and fasting yesterday, and um, the. Uh, the other, the other thing that he did was make this offer. Now, now there was at least one bishop in the early church who, who did this, and I'm thinking of um, St. Paulinus of Nola, who was a friend by, by way of correspondence with St. Augustine and St. Jerome and some of the other fathers of the church. He was an absolute genius. Um, but, but he was a bishop in uh, Nola in Campania in, uh, in the Italian peninsula. And he uh, sold himself into slavery to free somebody. Um, now he got he eventually got released, but if Cardinal Pizzabala actually if Hamas takes him up on the offer, that would be very interesting. Uh, it, but the one of the comments that I saw on on the place where where I saw this news reported was, you know, th this is not something that the the you will you will find done on either the Israeli or the Mohammedan side because they're just not into this sort of thing. This is it's kind of a uniquely Christian solution to a problem. So it be it would be very uh, it would be kind of mind-blowing and beautiful if a modern Catholic bishop uh, did something very saintly along those lines, even, even if he ends up dying a martyr, uh, to uh, sort of s step into the gap and try to, try to, 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 to bring peace uh, into this very troubled part of the world. It would be a, a real sign to, to everyone on every side. Um, you know, and, and you think, well, that couldn't happen to, in today's modern church. Well, I mean, it would be actually a beautiful it would. Um, revelation of the, the, uh, the fact that the Holy Ghost is still with us and that the church hasn't been abandoned. And, and, anyway, and, I, just thought I, I just thought I'd throw that out. No, you know, it's, uh, it's very well taken. It comes at a very, uh, uh, at a very opportune time. Our mutual uh, uh, friend or follower that we follow, um, on uh, on Twitter, William Briggs <laughs> Briggs was uh, was marveling over this as well, and he was comparing what the Cardinal has offered to do to what to what Big Frank did yesterday, or in the last two days, which was to welcome an audience with American actress Whoopi Goldberg, who is now an out of the closet, loud and uh, and, and embarrassingly proud. Uh, uh, not what Brother Andre would call a good old-fashioned lesbian. She is uh, out, out <laughs> loud and proud and took her, quote, wife, close quote, with her 
to go get an audience and got an audience with the Holy Father, who basically kind of endorsed the whole thing. And then she went back on American television yesterday and followed that up with basically a rehash of it. That Yeah, I got to meet the Pope because finally, yes, he basically blessed my marriage, which he didn't do. But it doesn't matter. He allowed himself to be used as a propaganda tool for these people. So, yes, I think what the Cardinal did is, is, is yes, I'm, I, I'm with you, brother. Um, uh, and we, we could use some paraclete right around now, I think. And, but I'm not one of these people that believes that the church has ever been abandoned. As a matter of fact, there's a new book out, uh, Daughter Number Three. Is she not just like a little saintly creature or what? Little Ashley. Um, daughter number three retweeted this to me this morning uh, from Joshua Charles. Today, I'm happy to announce the publication of my latest book, kind of on our subject, brother. Persecuted from within, how the saints endured crises in the church. I think that's a very timely topic, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it, because we're sold, I think we're sold this bill of good by people that maybe are out to, uh, some people at least, that are out to get clicks and likes. It's never been this bad before. This is unprecedented. Well, I mean, all things that happen that are bad are kind of unprecedented. You don't expect. Well, I mean, to- I, I do. I do think. I do think we're at a, we're at a, a sort of all time low. Okay. Uh, in certain respects. Fair enough. Um, but, uh, and yeah, and and yeah, if there are unprecedented things that are happening, okay, yes, there have been every time something unprecedented happens, you get something unprecedented. It's unprecedented. I mean, <laughs> the, the Aryan heresy was unprecedented. But, this is true. So, so, you know, uh, but but you know, the 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 fact of the matter is, the church has endured all of these things, and she will en- endure it all still. And that doesn't minimize the severity of the problem. Uh, and, and, you know, you had saints rising up, pointing out, this is a problem. Let's fix it. Yes. Um, so that's what we ought to be doing today. But, no, you, you, you talk about clicks and likes. I mean, there are some people who um, they're, they just, you know, they, they, they sort of profit uh, in a weird way by the crisis instead of trying to be the solution to it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, the 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 Whoopi Goldberg thing—that is unprecedented, at least before the current uh, pontificate. Um, but you know, if it weren't for some of the ecumenical things that were done by Paul the Sixth and John Paul the Second and 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 even uh, Benedict the Sixteenth, uh, you wouldn't have had the stage set for this. So it's not as if it's completely without, it's not as if it's uh, completely out of left field. You know, when you have, um, when you have the absolute atrocity and genuine scandal of what happened at Assisi with the, with the, whatever they call it, the world, world meeting of uh, religious leaders for prayer, whatever. When you had that thing um, and, you know, there were, there were at least two, maybe three such meetings that's all a prelude to the kind of general indifferentism to evil that you get with um, the Pope meeting with Whoopi Goldberg. Uh, and it's not the first time he ever met with a homosexual couple and, you know, did something that was seemingly a nod in that direction. So, so I, I thought it wasn't William Briggs. It's, uh, it's actually Rod Rare, but it is from this morning uh, on this subject. Uh, Francis keeps querying the Catholic Church. He, he, he has a screenshot of a tweet from uh, Father James Martin. 
Jay, um, who says uh, this, congratulations to Sister Jeanine Gramic, SL, Sister Mary Pantsuit, um, co-founder of At New Ways Ministry, heaven for Finn, don't click the link, who was received by Pope Francis this afternoon along with her colleagues, a significant step forward in the church's outreach to LGBTQ Catholics. This is scandalous. Mm-hmm. And I'm one of those people who actually heard of Sister Jean Gramic before this episode and, and New Ways Ministry. And oh, Michael Hitchburn has reported was, on her. Pardon? Michael Hitchburn has reported on her. Yeah, I mean, and, and New Ways Ministry was, it has been officially condemned by the U.S. bishops. That's how bad they are. This is not, I mean, you have, you, have, you know... D- d- dignity, which was also condemned, but New Ways Ministry is 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 I think even more radical. You know, they they're they're basically a um, what would you call it? Kind of like a, a community organizers, sort of in the church. <laughs> that that kind of radical element of of adjutants who want to get their way. You know, kind of uh, Saul Alinsky types, like Obama was. And they they do all this agitprop to 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 get their um, their their homosexual agenda approved, and they weren't you know they, they were looked at as a very very much a fringe group. Again, the U.S. bishops formally denounced this organization, and you know this is in this was in official you know lists of you know condemned organizations or however however they do this sort of thing these days. But um, now uh, they get this official, they get this audience with the Pope, and they know there's a photo op and all that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, the, the Holy Father and those who work with him and for him understand that you don't need to do much more than just have that picture published, because the picture says a thousand words, right? Tells a thousand words, and 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 that that picture tells a story, and they've already got what they want. They don't need much more at this point. Yeah, they will demand more clearly, but that little that little you know, it's like you get the sound bites on the pl- people plane rides. There, you've got a visual to go with this, the, the 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 sound bites. Yes, and this for, for 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 the entire world, this is going to look like a, a formal approval. It's even worse than that because. Je- uh, uh, Dreyer then has this a new a new edition of a Catholic Bible commentary uh, uh, of which a Big Frank has written the foreword, and he has a screenshot of it. I'm just going to share this with you in the audience because I read read it earlier and I went. I'm just shaking my head, going no, no, what, no, 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 and no. Several scholars. This is the Holy Father writing this now. Several scholars have recently begun to dismantle the heterosexual gender binary by presenting evidence from the Jewish tradition that is also found in some Christian accounts, including Origen, whereby the first human being was an androgynous being, and not specifically a male being that would be separated by the deity. Michael Carden argues that the Kabbalistic accounts do not necessarily warrant compulsory heterosexuality, but instead provide a space for a more polymorphous and egalitarian sexuality, close quote. I don't even want to read the rest of it because it's so scandalous. Well, well, the androgynous Adam was something that John Paul II promoted. I mean, Iaconis can correct me if, 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 if he knows me to be wrong, but I believe in those awful Wednesday audiences that they made us read at Holy Apostles. Uh, Papa Wojtyla actually um, advocated that position. 
now he didn't use it as a justification for any sort of um, sexual deviancy. Uh, I think those were questions that he was pretty solid on. But but the, but that 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 idea that um, Adam was um, the, this sort of uh, I don't know if it was an androgen or a hermaphrodite, basically a hermaphroditic being, and that when when he was put to sleep. Um, during the during you know the, the the slumber that he was put on when Eve was taken out of his side, it, that was just the separation of the male and female in the original Adam. Um, I, I'm right about that, right, Iaconus? I, I see a thumbs up. I'm not sure if it's directed to me. Um, okay, okay. I told Did you, you get that. Did you a thumbs 92. up? Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well. Uh, so you're citing me. I, I don't know if that's a good authority, but I mean, I remember having to read the, that stupid, those 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 awful Wednesday audiences. And yeah, I'm I'm criticizing things that were written by Pope Papa Voitiwa, Um But yeah, that that's 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 perfectly fine. You you know, this is not um, official papal teaching. This is not this is not the magisterium. This is his own personal opinions. And they were a little bit weird. Um, so yeah, I mean, but what I'm saying is he he set the stage for some of this stuff. But this is not a. Uh, th- th- but that that meeting with Gramic and with Nugent and and the other um, New Ways Ministry uh, gang is yeah. That's just par for the course in the current sort of scandalous milieu. And, and I would and, and, and uh, I would just add as uh, as an amateur. Or I would ask the question, uh, but doesn't our Lord pretty clearly tell us that a man shall leave his family uh, to take a wife? And uh, I mean, we we have we certainly have from our Lord a binary man woman um, uh, scenario here, don't we? Or or, or paradigm, correct? Oh yeah, isn't that one way you can answer this? Well, Jesus said a man will leave his family. And we'll take on his wife, and we'll live. Uh, somebody quoted it at the conference. I man, man will le- he will le- leave father and mother and cleave to his wife. And cleave- and he's quoting Genesis when he says this. Our Lord is quoting Genesis. I mean, this is something that you know Hugh Owen is very good at bringing to people's consciousness. So much of what our Lord says is quoting Genesis, and he refers to you know Abinitio. It was not that way from the beginning. You know, when he's restoring marriage. To its purity, because again, it was you had uh, polygamy that had entered in, and then you had divorce that had entered in, and uh, our Lord restores marriage to its original purity, and He says it was not thus from the beginning. Right. And uh, so when He when He elevates marriage to a sacrament, which it had never been before, uh, a Christian sacrament, and when He elevates it to that level. He also restored it to its original natural integrity that it had in the garden. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the, 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 there's there's a there's nothing there's nothing in the tradition of the church that remotely allows for 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 these sorts of things. Period. I mean, um, the, the the scriptural data and and the data of uh, tradition are absolutely. Um, in complete agreement and completely consistently um, denounce uh, the, the, these sins against nature. That's what we have to call them. We have to say it's unnatural, these are sins against nature. And you say, but, you know, people feel these motions. Well, okay, so people feel these motions for to commit acts of adultery, right? People, people feel tempted 
to steal. People, you know, the Ten Commandments exist for a reason because <laughs> because people uh, are inclined to, to do things that are condemned there. You know, the, well, welcome to fallen humanity. Uh, just because you want to do it doesn't mean it's good. Just because you want to do it doesn't mean it's natural. There are people who are attracted to children. And this needs to be condemned, you know, and, and, and if anybody has that attraction, he needs to, to deal with it, you know, in a, in a, in a virtuous way. It's, it's possible for somebody to have a disordered attraction and, then, and live, live a saintly life. Yes, and that's something that's not said often enough. Okay, I have to get Donald Jeffries on, and I think uh, if you can listen, brother, you will uh, you will enjoy the conversation. Um, but before we go, and you go back to you entertaining your guests and running a school in a priory, <laughs> uh, do we have a new episode? No, we don't have a new episode because you were we, busy we hosting. We don't have a new episode, yeah. But if we were, what would it be? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm trying to get an interview with Charles soon, so I don't, we don't have one. But is he still there? He is. Yes, he's 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 going to be going. He's going on a day outing today to go to a whole bunch of stops in New England to visit people, um, and then um, <laughs> of course he is. And he le- he leaves tomorrow. He leaves tomorrow. So. If I can pass one thing along uh, to you to 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 give to Charles from moi, would you uh, would you would you humor me? <clears throat> and that's this. Sure. My daughter, who's twenty six, very much enjoyed conversing with Sir Charles. Oh. I would I would really encourage him if he isn't already doing it or thinking about it that he really should consider one teaching again uh, or 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 teaching uh, where he can uh, kind of relate to youth because uh, a character like Charles is missing in the university today and he is sorely needed and two um uh, I hope people will will start inviting Charles to their events uh, uh, if he ever returns to the United States, it would be a lot cheaper to do so, <laughs> especially where there are children involved, because he's really good with young people, yeah. uh, because he, he's such a good storyteller. But I asked Reagan, I said, did you enjoy your conversation with Charles? And she rolled her eyes and went, oh, I can listen to that man for hours. So um, please pass my uh, my thanks along to to, to him. <laughs> she had a really good time visiting with Sir Charles, but he really does have a gift. And uh, I hope he uh, I hope he gets the opportunity to use it. All right, all right. I'll I'll, I'll pass that on. I wrote I wrote myself a note. So, <laughs> um. okay, folks. If you want copies of the talks, uh, Brother Joseph Mary will have them up shortly. I'm sure if he doesn't already have them up, you can find the video and the audio versions in the Catholicism store. Uh, uh, should they go to store.catholicism.com? Store.catholicism.org. I think you can get only, at this point, I think you can only get the whole set, um, but uh, he's going to break them up into individual talks. And the videos take a while because it takes, it just takes us a while to, to rip the DVDs. And, Understood. Um, yeah. Well, uh, uh, you can get mine, the audio version anyway. Um, uh, it's on the Crusade Max site and it's on New Christendom Daily. Um, uh, but uh, brother, uh, brother, we'll get them all up. They're all work worthy of listening to. 
some some of them, I, I could probably go back and, re- and listen to Chris DeVos's again just to make sure I get the dates right <laughs> to, go, to go forward. He was very detailed and very entertaining as well, as they all were. Mm-hmm. Brother, um, we will be back in studio next week, back to the old, uh, you know, good old-fashioned Comrex. Um, <laughs> I'll never live that down. <laughs> we will look forward to it. No, it was a good time. It was good to see you and your mom and everyone, all the sisters at the uh, at the center again. Congratulations on a great con- uh, conference, and uh, we shall look forward to talking to you uh, next Wednesday, if not sooner. All right, Mike. Look forward to it. God bless. God bless you. God bless our listeners. All right. Yes. God bless you and our listeners. That's Brother Andre Marie from the St. Benedict Center.